Hello everyone, Mark here, just at the top of the podcast to ask you all for a cheeky favour, just to share the show around everywhere, Facebook it, Twitter it, I don't know what you kids do these days, and also no matter how good the view is from your bedroom, it's not worth going on a killing spree. Now, on with the show! Hello everyone and welcome back to Creative Psychopaths Podcast. You thought we were dead, but we weren't. We've been resurrected with a voodoo curse. Um, So we're back once again on another sort of spree, some kind of spree. Uh, (laughs) uh, We're here today with uh, John, who is going to tell us about his history with horror, or at least we're going to try and get that out of him. Hello. Give it a go. Give it a good go. Okay. Um, so we're going to start with the first question, which is, what is the first horror that you can actually remember seeing? The first horror I can remember seeing was a, a it was a boys and girls sleepover where the girls went in one room and the boys went into the other, mm. and the boys all rented The Haunting from 1999 with Liam Neeson and um, Owen Wilson, I think was in it. And then the girls, they rented Miss Congeniality. And um, <laughs> and uh, we all started watching The Haunting and then we all got scared. We got too scared halfway through. So then we all went out and joined the girls and watched Miss Congeniality instead. <laughs> and, then, and then in the morning, we all rewatched it in the broad daylight. So we weren't quite as scared. That is, <laughs> it's um, it's surprising sometimes how much the dark uh, can can make a difference to a horror film. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're influenced by it, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, you probably weren't a horror fan. Um, so can you remember what at what point you sort of came in and enjoyed it, or was it from there? Well, yeah, I think the fact that we wanted to go back to it in the end and like figure out what was you know, what was going on. I think that probably started it. Um, And then one of my best friends, she started throwing Halloween parties. um, And every year we would watch a a new kind of horror movie. I've had like a lot of um, like periods in my life where I'd watch like a huge amount of horror in like a short period of time. Um, So it was like, yeah, the Halloween parties. And then when we went to university, the Paranormal Activity movies were coming out every year. So we watched it. We always went to the cinema to watch them. Oh, awesome. And then... um, yeah, and things like that. I used to, I worked abroad for a bit, so when I came home, I would, every, all my friends would be working normal jobs, so I would just have to just lie on the sofa and I'll just watch as much crap horror movies as possible. It was never the good ones, it was always the the ones you'd find on like the horror <laughs> channel and things like that. It's surprising as a horror fan, the tolerance you have for badly made movies. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I too have sat through... Well, I, I guess it's it's easier to get a scare out of people. It's easier to set that atmosphere up. So even though sometimes yeah. they look awful, it's actually not too mm-hmm. bad. No, there's always like a good thing you can kind of take from it. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's... Yeah. I've watched some terrible ones. <laughs> so what is your favourite um, horror movie? Uh, It's got to be John Carpenter's The oh, Thing. Oh, wow, yeah. 
that's gotta be that's gotta be my um yeah i like a movie you can kind of talk about afterwards you know not it's not just black and white it's, there's a bit of substance and films as well you can rewatch. always help as well like i always like showing it to new people and then in my head i'm trying to work out who the thing was at that particular moment in time you know like was that person infected already or will you know did they get infected yeah. a bit later and you notice when people leave scenes and when they come back in scenes and things like that i think yeah that's and just obviously the practical effects are just amazing in it obviously and yeah, yeah. Really you're right it's a love brilliant film. film and a lot of people when you see like uh, clips of it people focus so much on the special effects but i i've always yeah. and you were sort of saying it there i think the true scares of that film are the actual suspicion you know because you don't know who is who is the yeah. um the thing <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah that's a great film um so, what is your favourite horror franchise then? I kind of had a um, a cop out and I wrote two. That's fine. I'm all right with that. <laughs> uh, I would say generally my favourite is Alien. I love okay. the Alien movies. I think they're they're just obviously the originals and even like the newer ones. I've actually still have a bit of a soft spot for. I quite like the the how they kind of try to go down like a more story driven aspect with I agree. the ones. Um, and then I think overall, if I ever think about a franchise that we watch, I think Paranormal Activity just purely because of the memories that kind of came with it, like a huge group. Of, you know, it was meant to be like the most scary film of ever when the first one kind of came out, and then we all went to the cinema every year to rewatch them, and everyone's screaming and holding each other's hands and stuff like that. And I, yeah, I think it was the the memories of it kind of make me think about you know look back on it. That's a proper horror experience, that, of everyone screaming and holding hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember I remember my um, the girl I was living with, she screamed and everyone turned around and thought she had such a manly scream, she thought it was me that screamed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I swear, I swear it wasn't me. I would never... <laughs> I would never, I would never scream. No, I, I personally too love those movies. I was on a, a, po- a podcast myself not long ago and one of the questions was what's the scariest movie and that was the one that I chose, Paranormal Activity, the first one. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where your mind is almost scarier than anything they can show you, so just the the anticipation of well, everything. Well, that's what it does so well, that movie. It just builds tension, the first mm-hmm. one. Just, well, they all do, actually. I think they're all really good at building the tension. They sort yeah. of it's rare that people actually learn the lessons from the movies, but in this case, they actually do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, um, so we've had the initial piece of bread in that horror sandwich. John's talked to us about his horror history. Um, so now we're going to talk, talk about the film that he chose, which is Halloween Kills from 2021. Um, this movie was made for a 20 million budget and uh, grossed in uh, 131.6 million box office. So it actually did really well. And that is mainly, I'm sure you'll agree with me on John, is mainly because the one before this was so good and successful that people went uh, hoping for a bit more. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the choices in this movie were purely based on yeah. that as well. <laughs> so the cast for this are Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, uh, Judy Greer as Karen, uh, Andy mm-hmm. Machinak as Allison. I don't know if I said that right, I probably haven't. Uh, Will Patton as Officer Hawkins and Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle. 
There are other characters, but I didn't want to list everybody. So we start, uh, we open with Cameron from the previous film, still dressed as Bonnie, as from Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, and he finds the officer of, uh, sorry, the officer of body, <laughs> the body of Officer Hawkins, who is still alive. Um, at this point, we're pretty much treated to a flashback to 1978. Um, the first Halloween, uh, well, not the first ever Halloween, of course, um, <laughs> but this first movie. Um, and we see the police tracking Myers after the events of the original film. So this will be after the point where Dr. Loomis shoots him. Um, yeah. They look out and he's not there. So presumably he's <laughs> on his way back to his house. Um, well, we know that because that's what happens. Um, Officer Hawkins and his partner discover him at his old homestead and a slight accident happens and Hawkins shoots his own partner in the throat. Well, sorry, while he's in a clinch with old Mikey boy. Um, so now we cut to a delightful bar where there's a talent show and we meet an annoying husband and wife. I don't know what you thought about them, but the whole way through the film, I couldn't wait for them to die. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought at one point they were going to be a bit more important, but then, no. Nope. <laughs> no, I, um, I remember feeling that the first time, and even more this time, and I didn't even write the character names down, because um, to me they're just annoying husband and wife. Uh, we also meet Tommy Doyle, Lindsay, Lonnie and Marion, uh, who are all previous survivors of My- Michael Myers. Um, Marion was the... Um, nurse at the well this is an insane asylum i don't think they say that anymore but it definitely um (laughs) tommy doyle was the person the kid that laurie strode was looking after Lindsay is the daughter not the daughter sorry the kid that one of the babysitters who was killed was looking after and we have lonnie who I think in the original film he was bullying Tommy or something like that, or tries to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do get a bit of clip back of him in 1978, but I didn't feel it was so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tommy gets up on stage, and his talent is apparently harping on about the past, um, which is uh, <laughs> certainly doesn't deserve any applause. Um, but he gets, he sort of gets up and does a bit of. Um, I guess backstory. Yeah. Have some backstory. Uh, So we cut to the, I'm going to call them the Strodes for this, um, even though only one of them is called the Strode, um, who are escaping from the fire that they left uh, old Kirk Mask to die in, um, which in, was it 2019, that movie? Yeah, I think yeah 2019 halloween um they left him to die but oh no fire engines the firemen managed to feed a heavy breathing boy and oh no now michael myers has superpowers for some reason and he walks directly at a full power hose which is ridiculous <laughs> to me and then he goes on to slaughter lots of firemen I remember it annoyed me a bit in the cinema this part because, um, like I say, there was a lot of firemen there. You know, you have to be pretty fit and healthy, and these are big guys, and he just he just slaughters <laughs> his way through them. It's very um, 
Jason-esque. Yeah, I think and this one was quite funny that you saw the flashback of him from Halloween 1. And I was wondering yeah. if they were going to retcon like, the size of him. But they obviously cut him back to him being his regular shape and then in the new ones obviously it's like the difference ah. the difference of him is uh is yeah he just becomes this wrestler essentially in this new one yeah he does yeah for sure um so then we get uh laurie and family go to hospital um laurie's operated on um after having been stabbed in the previous film um michael meanwhile kills laurie's neighbors um the, I guess that the, at this point they were wanting to rank up the kills, um, but these two particular kills are very brutal. Yeah, for no reason, real reason. But there's a moment in it where Michael's clearly killed the guy um, and he just continues to stab him, which, mm-hmm. again, the problem with these is you get so attached to these characters that it feels out of character, despite the fact that he is obviously a mass murdering fuckhead. Um, so we get a news report in the bar to say um, that there's been attacks Uh, Tommy and co learn that Michael's back uh, and up to his old cheeky ways Um, the annoying couple discover that someone is in the car assumed to be Myers an angry mob forms and they chase the car but it crashes into a wall no one is there, but we get the reveal of patient number two. Now, in the movie previous to this one, a bus that Michael's been transferred on uh, crashes. And I think nearly everybody dies, but obviously there must have been someone else loose. At this point, we're introduced to Big John and Little John, who, unlike the annoying couple, are actually very entertaining to watch. Yeah. Um and they live in the old Michael Myers house. They ask about with some kids um, who are, I don't know, trying to steal all their candy. And then, again, we get a little bit more exposition, which is why we know that they live in the Myers house. Um, back to the hospital, do, do Karen and Alison discover that um, they failed to make a toasty serial killer. But... Um, there you go. Uh, Lonnie and Cameron show up at the hospital um, and Alice enjoys them for a little mob justice. Search parties are sent out by Tommy. Um, at this point, the annoying couple, Lindsay and Marin, Marion, are sent off together. They stop to tell some kids to stop being dicks and to fuck off back home. Um, well, they're slightly nicer about it than... I don't know if they are, actually. Um... <laughs> They also casually mention that um, a white-faced man has been stalking them and they turn around and see Michael Myers um, and everybody but Lindsay are somewhat murdered. And there are lots of gunshots that hit nobody. This is a a game of empty chambers. So um, what I thought was interesting about this part is that Marion is dragged out of the car, which is exactly what happens in that 1978 film. Um, so I thought mm-hmm. that was a yeah. good homage. Um, mm-hmm. All the kills here are actually pretty good. Because um, annoying couple, the, the, the woman of annoying couple is holding a very large gun and <laughs> Michael makes her shoot herself. Um, 
Lindsay hides from Michael, and this is actually quite, I thought, quite an intense scene. Um, watching it the second time, obviously you know what happens, but the first time around I do remember even thinking, you know, like sort of holding on, hoping that she wouldn't get discovered. Um, and she does not. Um, so the bodies are discovered mm-hmm. by Tommy, Lonnie, Cameron, Tommy, Lonnie, Cameron and Alison, which... Um, and all of the bodies are wearing masks, which, which are the masks from Halloween Part 3, which mm. I thought was a fitting tribute. I didn't even realise that. Maybe. Yes, they were a skeleton mask and a mm-hmm. witch mask. And I think they, were, they are the masks. Yes. Um, let's see. Lindsay's found and taken to hospital. Back at the hospital, Tommy tells Laurie that the shape ain't dead. Um... Don't but um, yeah. So, Big John and Little John are then murdered. At this point, just before, um, well, we actually don't see Little John get murdered. Just before he says, "Michael, you've come home," and it seems like he's sus for a minute, but then we, we yeah, we um, we learn later on that he's not. Um, so evil dies tonight. That's what happened next. Everyone starts chanting evil dies tonight as a mob really gets going. Um, so the second insane person shows up at the hospital, but the mobs take over assuming that he is Monsieur Myers. Um, even though they can quite clearly see that this is a very squat, (laughs) fat person who's obviously panicking. (laughs) <laughs> and is in no way Michael Myers. But, you know, they chase him through the hospital. Uh, Karen tries to stop him by trapping him in a corridor, which is a bit odd. But he's so scared that he jumps from a window. Um, which is a pretty awful scene. Some actual horrible trivia about that is the man who played that character died before the movie was even released. Oh no. And then... The Lonnie asks, are we the bad guys now? Yes, yes, is the answer. Yes, 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 yes you, you are. You've become the bad guys. The most on-the-nose way ever, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then we get a flashback to young Hawkins, who could have stopped Myers being killed in 1978. Um, but in fairness, as the scene goes, it's totally understandable why he doesn't actually let that happen, because... You know, mm-hmm. at that point, even back then, they still believed that he was just an insane person. Um, so let's see. So it turns out at this point that Michael Myers actually doesn't give a shit about Laurie. And all he really wants to do is look out of his window. That's what he wants to do. That's his best day. He just wants to get home and look out of his window. It's a good, uh, it's a re- it's really good motivation, that, isn't it? A twist. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I got because the sheriff says he only wants one thing, and then obviously later on it talks about him looking out the window. And I was always confused whether it, he meant looking out the window or if there's going to be something when he looks out the window. Is it like building to something? And it was yeah, just kind of a because poorly. Even when up. he gets there, it's just like know. he's looking out of the window. He just likes that window. 
So uh, Lonnie and Alison and Cameron rock up to the Myers house. Um, Lonnie goes in first and is dead immediately. So the, the two kids decide to go in as well, uh, which is good. They find Big John and Little John's bodies. Their bodies are set up in a weird way. Um, yeah. It, it feels like one crawled to the other and put on a, ra- the a, other a record. But it also feels like that's not something Michael Myers would let happen. Yeah. But what I'm guessing is he was looking out of his window. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, Lonnie's dead. Cameron is really fucking dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Alison gets a broken leg. And then um, Karen attacks Michael Myers with a fork. Well, all right, it's a big pitchfork. Uh, she lures him away. Um, and yay, mob justice does work. They beat him down. They shoot him. But it turns out that Michael Myers is evil. So, oh, mob, just, mob justice doesn't work. And he gets up and kills everybody, including Tommy and Tiger Onesie Man. For some reason, who's there? Um, Karen goes back to Michael Myers' house and also enjoys the view out of the window. Mm, I don't know what's yeah. going on. Maybe there's someone nude across the way. Yeah. Constantly nude. Uh, but then she ends up dead. Um, and that is the end of that movie, which was not very good. <laughs> so... I think the reason that I think a lot of people haven't enjoyed this film is because it feels like filler between the last movie and the next movie. Um, But what I will say is I enjoyed it more this time around than the first time around. But that that isn't to say that it was great. Yeah, I think the... The more you kind of, you, when you realise what it's going to be as a, instead of what it could be, I think you, you kind of let it go a bit more. Um, and I yeah, I definitely think maybe this one would have been the finale so that there was a trilogy of the original, the 2019-18 one, and then this one. But then the, the previous one did so well that they were like, let's keep this going for like at least another, another I one. I feel like there were obviously better things that they could have done with it. And I mean, I'm no scriptwriter, so I mean, I don't want to come in and, and do mm. that. But I think it would have been better to have had him <laughs> escape and then move it forward, maybe a year or something like that. So we had another string of attacks that would have been yeah, yeah. would have been better than this. But as I say, I think mm-hmm. I didn't like it that much the first time around. This time around, watching it and you know writing notes the whole way through, it did make a big difference, and I did actually get the feeling that mm. some of these characters sort of can feel come across like one dimensional like Tommy's not very likable but actually when you look at the character and think that this horrible thing mm. happened to him when he was a kid and all he's all he's ever thought about all that time is you know that event that event's probably dominated his entire life um you know, so when he's got this chance to yeah. stand up to the boogeyman, as it were, he he takes it and takes everyone else with him. And like mm. I say, there is something in that. It's just poorly executed. 
Yeah, I think the the them chasing the other patient around is probably the best example of you understand what they were going for and what they were trying to do is to make them show that they're turning into this kind of monster themselves. But it was just so hand fisted and like the yeah, it was just a bit a bit silly and it went on a little bit too long. Yeah. That whole that whole story. Yeah, the the whole movie feels like it 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 doesn't you know, like a lot of horror movies move at a click once it starts going it starts it starts cracking forward, mm-hmm. but this has got a lot of dead a lot of dead area it feels like where yeah. you're not you know Yeah, I think the the hospital is kind of that, is it cut back for like a breath. Yeah. And it's too many breaths and some of them last a little bit too long. And I think we don't get enough Jamie Lee Curtis, that's that's as well like no, absolutely not. Like her returning, well. she's yeah. the strongest part. Well, Judy Greer is good, actually. I must admit, I do like Judy Greer, but those two are the mm-hmm. strongest parts of those movies, acting wise and character wise. And so we don't get we don't get enough yeah. Laurie Strode in this, and that, like you say, whenever it cuts back to the hospital, and even not the mob bits, just the general hospital bits, they they just take away from the pace of the movie. Yeah, I. Th- I think as well, that's one of the reasons why they ended up killing off Judy Gears. Well, whether they did or not, internet will find out, I guess. But is because they've got kind of too many, too many leads, and they wanna they wanna focus a bit more on on the important people, I guess. So they want more Jamie Lee Curtis because obviously she's gonna put bums in seats, and then I guess the Allison daughter is a more important character, and unfortunately. Karen's character just kind of got pushed by the wayside. Yeah, it's interesting you say whether she is alive or dead because I was like even watching it at the time, wondered whether he'd actually killed her or not. Or mm-hmm. it's something that feels really unreal about that particular moment. Yeah, it's it is. I think partly because of all of the murdering before is shot in a really strange way. Yeah, as well when he obviously he get he beats kills all of mob, and then yeah, it's a strange. And then obviously she looks out the window and it's like she's having some kind of euphoria. Yes, moment it does. As well. It does come across like and that. Then, yeah. So, I, I don't know why, but in my head I can just imagine the uh, the two UFOs from Men, the end of Men in Black, just like kind of in the distance. I don't know why, but that's like always what my mind goes to. And it's going to be like Michael's actually an alien and he's just been trying to get home. This well, it might, ex- it might explain the um, superpowers that he somehow got in this movie. Yeah, uh, like it's like I was saying earlier, I feel like they sort of upgraded him to Jason level, um, and he's to me always been different. You know, mm-hmm. like in terms of you know when you get down to these like yeah, sometimes people say this killer versus this killer or whatever, but. I've always felt like Jason's got it over Michael Myers, but this time it's like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, so it's it. It's yeah, you don't know now. Yeah, yeah. The other thing about this though is now we'll give it credit for is it doesn't end like any traditional horror film. It it ends. No. It, well, it, this is partly the frustrating bit is it sort of ends in the middle, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't end with. Um, I guess you do get a bit of a downbeat ending, but it just ends with he's still alive and they haven't really done anything. Whereas you normally at least get a sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. we've done it. No, you haven't. But mm-hmm. the weird thing with me, which is how this movie ended for me, which is kind of why I enjoyed it, is 
there's a moment, I don't know what moment, but halfway through the movie, I started rooting for Michael more than the actual the rest of the people. So when the bit where they finally caught him and then they start beating him down, I was kind of like, oh no, is this going to be kind of the end of him? <laughs> and then obviously when he does stand up and he just fucks everybody up, I was like, yes, get in there, Michael, you terrible, terrible child murderer. You, <laughs> but, I think, get involved. yeah, um, no, you, you're right. But I, I think that that's the pleasure of those fil- of these films is rooting for the killer. You know, like I've always rooted for... Mm-hmm. God, I'm obsessed with Jason, but I've always I've always rooted for Jason and and yeah, and Freddy and stuff like that, you know. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's the pleasure of it is rooting for them. But so overall, I suppose we need to give it a review, or at least. So I haven't decided yet what my actual um, review system is. So what what about this? Is it creative psychopaths or is it shit? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a creative psychopath. Well, it's a weird one because I think we cannot fully review it until the next one comes out. And then when the next one comes out, then you can watch them all in a line and you can decide whether it was worth it or not. I think it's the same with the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, the first three. The second one, I was like, I don't really understand what's going on. And then the third one happened. And I think if you watch them in a line, they actually work quite well together. But if you watch them individually, the last two, they're just kind of nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So I think think I'm going to have to wait till the next one. But I I, I don't know why. I I actually had quite a good time watching it. I I suppose I better follow my own review system. I am... I almost hate to say this, but I'm going to give it a creative psychopath too, because <laughs> because I enjoyed it more this time than I did the first time. The first time I absolutely hated it, but I will say, well, I've said enough about it, so we'll go for a creative psychopath. That's the end of that movie. Um, I didn't really write any particular trivia down about it. There was some trivia, but it was mostly boring. Um, so I just left it. Mm. For for me, I always thought the um, the cast who were obviously meant to be the the kids from the original and all of those people. When I watched it, I was itching to go on my phone just to see if it was actually mm-hmm. them from you know like the actors. No, I think up. the person. I don't think. I think the the person who plays the matron, Marion, she was be. original, and I believe that Lindsay is the same girl as well. Yeah, I believe so. So actually, oh, maybe it? that is interesting trivia. Interesting yeah. trivia. <laughs> interesting. Right, so let us have... <laughs> so we've had the filling of this particular sandwich of horror. So now we're going to go into the final questions, which are horror-ish questions. So the last one is what's... Uh, not the last one, second to last. Is that pun ultimate? <laughs> so what's a scary moment from a non-horror movie that you remember again I've, I've ruined it and I've gone for two that's fine <laughs> the um, the first one the reason it was is because it was such a big up is was um, we rented the original X-Men movie mm-hmm. with you know and um, my mum was asking my brother if there was any you know bad scary bits or whatever in it and he was like oh there's this little bit with water 
And then my mum was like, no, you can watch it. You can watch it if you want. And it's the bit where the um, the senator gets mm-hmm. given the mutant gene and he's he's lying in the bed with Halle Berry's character and she's holding onto his hand and then his hand just like explodes into water and he just kind of turns into water in this terrible CGI mm. effect. And I was like, my, it was like probably one of the few moments my mum was like, hey, you can watch this, it'll be fine, don't worry. She saw it, it was all right. And I was still like too scared to watch it on my own, so I had to like watch it through my fingers. And then I like when the next day I watched it again and I watched it frame by frame on the DVD player to see if I could look and I had to watch it about four times before I could watch it live. Wow, that's <laughs> a good one. So, yeah. um, so that was a bit weird. Yeah, no, I never would have. I, I I never would have expected that one, but I guess we're all, we all have yeah. our own thing. That that was like a build up more than the actual what it was. It was more the thought of it than. But um, and then over the last weekend, actually, I watched the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it just reminded me of the original one from '91. Is the the boat scene ah, when he's absolutely, which I think is quite a popular known one. But that used to terrify me because I could never understood what he was saying. And I would just pick up random words. I think he says like the Reaper or Grim Reaper at one point, and like getting hotter and like loads of weird stuff. But yeah, yeah, that that freaked me out when I was younger. Yeah, although I I would argue that that is intentionally scary. Oh, no, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, suppose yeah, it's yeah. a I did say non horror film, but it is definitely intentionally scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So finally. If you could make a non-horror movie a horror movie, what would you choose? There was a Batman mini thing between the Dark No Batman Begins and the Dark Knight called Gotham mm-hmm. Knights, which was like a series of cartoons and animations yep. made by different people. And one of them, I don't know if if you remember, that one of them was like um, these kids telling this story. Yes, and I do. Tell the story about. And one of them, he's like Iron Man, and another one, he's like a spirit and like a shadow, and it's kind of like how people perceive Batman. So I would like uh, maybe like a Suicide Squad film or like a Batman film, but from never from the perspective of Batman. So it's kind of how people perceive him, and I think they could make that quite terrifying. Like the opening of almost the introduction of him on Batman versus Superman, when all the kids are in the prison and they're too scared to leave because they think he's still upstairs even though he saved them he's like a terrifying presence like i think that could be quite an interesting um take and obviously in the batman universe a lot of the characters are quite scary you have like the arkham asylum and everything so i think it could be quite a horror thing yeah. that's a good shout that's a good shout mm. um right lovely well i think we've completed that then we've managed to finish another podcast woo uh so um why can i never do this properly <laughs> you never want it to end that's why i just never i, I haven't i should have i should write out a closing speech so i know yeah. what to say but you want it to be more natural. We'll get there. Uh, well, yeah. These first, <laughs> I think these first few episodes are going to be sort of they are what they are. But no, got um, to find your footing. Right. So that brings us to the end of the of the horror sandwich. We've 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 we buttered the bread. We pop the filling in. Whatever it is. Well, I guess in this case it's Halloween Kills, so uh, it's a Halloween Kills filling with a another bread part. 
which is generally <laughs> how you make a sandwich. So I should have called this show Horror Sandwich. <laughs> yeah. he definitely like sandwiches well, thank you to John for <laughs> coming on the show and talking to us about this thank you uh, for having you're me you're very welcome, you're welcome back anytime uh, I won't be able to ask you about your horror history again because you've done that um, but perhaps you'll think of new <laughs> questions for next time but um, yeah that brings mm-hmm. us to the end of this so if you want to contact the show you can at creativepsychopathspod at gmail.com and um until then bye <laughs> <laughs>